0: This is Cosmic Charlie, bringing you the Nick and Nittany Show, Dog on Good Sports, brought to you courtesy of the Bank of Romney, our community bank. This is a place where you, our listeners, have the opportunity to know firsthand what's happening in Hampshire County sports. Our host is Nick and his faithful companion, Nittany. Editors for the Hampshire Review. Music produced by Joss Haza. Let's get this show on the road. Soccer's pretty special to me. I started the program in the year 2000. We are now having one of the most successful teams ever. Nick, take it.
1: Thanks, Charlie. Along with my loyal companion at my feet, I am joined today by the head coach of the undefeated Hampshire Trojan Girls Soccer Squad, Coach Troy Crane. Coach, I appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to join me today. Let's get started. First of all, how does it feel to be 6-0 and at this point of the season?
2: Well, that is a tremendous feeling. Uh, four years at it now, being 6-0 and is the first time that we got over the hump over Washington in the early part of our schedule. So uh, let's keep it rolling. So
1: the biggest game that you've had as a head coach and arguably the biggest win in program history just recently happened this weekend you guys beat Washington for the first time in school history.
2: That's amazing, Troy. That's amazing.
1: How does it feel to get the monkey off your back?
2: Couldn't be better said than that. That's the first thing that I thought as soon as the clock ran down and ran out was the monkey's off our back. Now we can uh, get over that hump and and know and believe in ourselves and let's take the next step forward and get better.
1: So you said that you guys have had a program for 19 years. Is that correct, Charlie?
2: Yeah, since year two thousand. Yeah, nineteenth year.
1: And that's when you were head coach? Yes, sir. So how would you say the program's grown, Charlie?
0: Well, we were steady for a long time, then went through some major issues with uh, changing coaches and some other problems and then they did the switch where they, they um put the boys and the girls together in a league and that actually hurt the girls program. Would you agree with that, Troy?
2: Uh, in some respects, since I've been there, in some ways, I think it's it's helped us in some ways. And uh, the ways that it's helped us is they're playing at a higher level against boys who are bigger, faster, and stronger. Uh, but in other ways, like our goalies don't get very many opportunities to play in a league where they're playing co-ed. Uh, so boys dominate good, that position. That position, yes, sir. Yeah. But uh, we've overcome it and had some very special goalies uh, in the past and currently with Callie Cabezier.
1: So – My first game that I covered at the Hampshire Review as a sports editor was your sectional game against Washington last year. And going into it, I was given forewarning that if you guys pull off the win, it will be the biggest win not only of the fall sports season but of the entire sports season. Unfortunately, it didn't happen. What did you learn from that sectional game from your team?
2: Well, um... we signed up last year for huddle which is a, a taping program that allows us to see exactly our time of possession and breaks down the game percentage wise and uh th- the one thing that i came away from that with after reviewing it was we outpossessed them the entire time and usually that's the tail of the tape but their counter their counter against us uh it struck us twice and uh we didn't overcome the counters but we we played better soccer than they did throughout the game, the time of possession. We were on our end of the, the field most of the entire game, the whole first nine minutes, the whole of the first half, and the first seven minutes of the second half. It was all in our possession, and we just couldn't get one to fall.
0: Well, were they making runs on you, Troy? I mean...
2: Well, they would. Uh, we would get too many numbers forward, and they would – we would have an outlet uncovered. It only happened twice in the game, but twice in the game is a difference in the game. Right. Um, and we've talked about that since the first day of camp this year. You know, we can't get those numbers too far forward. We still have to replace in the back, and we have to cover outlets, and it has to be every time, not just, you know, you can't let two hang out on us because that's all they need to win the game.
1: One of the first things that you told me was that the off season was going to be vital to the success of this season coming up. What are your thoughts on your off-season in terms of training and then how you guys came into this year?
2: Okay, we, we start in April each year. And uh, it started out with the numbers just booming my sign-ups. In, April, in early March, we were at 44 players. Of course, we didn't end up that way. Once we started in the weight room in April, we were down to like 36. And after two weeks of, you know, the students finding out that, you know, it's, it's not just wearing a jersey. There's a lot of work that's involved. We were down to 33.
0: Most people say soccer is probably the most physically demanding sport there is. Absolutely.
2: Absolutely. And they're all very demanding, but soccer is another level. You're talking about 110, 120-yard field. Um, But as the summer progressed, you know, our numbers did diminish a little bit, but they were higher than they've ever been throughout the entire summer. Uh, Many of our seniors, they're setting up the rest of their life, their life, I, Callie's going into, uh, perhaps going into a swim collar scholarship. She's our goalie. Um, many of our students are lining up the rest of their career and they had very many important functions over the summer. So the undergraduate students, the, the younger students on the team really progressed throughout the summer. And once our seniors got back with us, you, we're getting it going now and they're starting to catch up with the conditioning part of everything. So
1: I just want to take my audience back briefly to the Washington game. The score was three to one. How did that game play out? Who scored first? What was the momentum like? You talking about last year, Nick? No, I'm talking about the game that just recently happened. Okay, good. I'm glad. That's that's a fair question, Charlie. (laughs) I wasn't
0: sure what he was talking about there, Troy.
1: No, I was talking about the game that happened two days ago, the big victory. Why was the 3-1 win just – Kind of unlay the lay of the land for me in terms of how you guys beat them.
2: Well, this year it started out the same way. We were dominating possession, our end of the field, passing it everywhere, um, making combination passes, and playing really good soccer. Uh, our first, our first, I think all three of our scores were off of situational sets. Uh, one was a corner, and I think the other two were direct kicks. That one leaked out, and we finished it up with a with a, a layered attempt at the ball um, instead of having too many forward we were more organized I guess you could say and in and disciplined and how we were layering down on those on those situational sets and just and some of them just playing the ball leaked out and there we were but you got to be in the right place. Uh, Kaylin Knight scored two of the two of those scores for us and she's had a, she's had a big season this year she scored I think five or six of in our last two or three games I believe.
1: In our conversation at late July, early August, I was asking you for your opinion on who is the girl to watch. And without hesitation, you said Kaylin Knight. What makes her so special out on the pitch?
2: Well, uh, it's playing a simple work ethic. Uh, our season last year at Washington, Washington came to our house last year, which I'd like to say was the first time in school history that we've hosted the second round of the playoffs that these girls earned and... and another check mark on their resume for what they've done that's never been done before. But anyhow, back to that. Um, <clears throat> she, from the time we finished the season last year, she found a way to get on um, indoor leagues, even with the boys. We didn't have a full team to do the indoor this year. or one of them to take a break and get away from it, but she said, I'm playing, I'm gonna find a team and I'm gonna get on it. And from there, she went to the spring and played in our spring league that we had, and she was in the weight room and only missed one time due to an injury. And all the opportunities that we had, she missed one opportunity, and that's why she's having the success she's having. She's Dedication it. makes it. Absolutely. And she does it with a smile, and she is a, one of those quiet leaders that's, that's going to always build her team up and, and work harder than anybody else, and that's why she's where she's at. That's a
0: special player.
1: Speaking of where we're at, Charlie, I believe we are at the halfway mark. So
3: now a word from our sponsors. Join the Bank of Romney in the Hampshire Trojan Challenge today. This is your opportunity to help make history at Hampshire High School and take ownership in making the dream of a new stadium a reality. A simple ongoing monthly donation of $5, 10 15 $20 or more will help reach the goal. The Hampshire High School Trojan Stadium not only serves the high school football, soccer, and track and field teams, it benefits the middle school football and track teams and community events like Relay for Life. Stop in today at any of Bank of Romney locations to join the Hampshire Trojan Challenge. You can also visit their website, HampshireTrojans.com. You think your donation is just a drop in the bucket? Imagine how fast that bucket fills when everyone commits to a monthly donation. Join the Hampshire Trojan Challenge today. Stop by the Bank of Romney or visit HampshireTrojans.com. The Bank of Romney, member FDIC.
0: This is Cosmic Charlie, bringing you the Nick and Nittany Show. Dog on good sports. Welcome back, folks. And let's get back to this conversation, which I'm really enjoying.
1: So, Coach... Let's just give our audience a brief snapshot of your season so far. It started out with a beautiful home victory over Bishop Walsh three to two. That was a tough fought game. Then you follow that up with another home win over Frankfurt, where you guys pound them seven to one. You hit the road, you beat Kaiser sixteen to nothing. A score where in fact a lot of people were questioning my accuracy on reporting the score. <laughs> then You follow that up with a beautiful road victory at Spring Mills, three to nothing. Come back at home, you play the Berkeley Springs Indians, you find the net seven times and you beat them seven nothing. Finally, you take on Washington on the road, you beat them three to one. Now, just going through the numbers in terms of offense, three goals, seven goals, 16 goals, three goals, seven and three goals, your offense is elite. It's five or six goals a game. Oh, it's it's,
0: it's an I mean, outstanding an average. average. Very high.
1: So you have – your offense is led by some very elite, hardworking players, including Nikki McManame, Emma Shreve, Kaylin Knight, Morgan Piles. Just talk about what makes them such elite players.
2: Well, those players, those four that you just mentioned, um, three of them have been starting for us for four years since they were true freshmen. Uh, they have 60-plus games each. And you add that up to all four of them, you know, we have a lot of game experience. And you can't hide that, you know, just how to move off the ball, natural things that they've learned over the progress of three and a half years now. um, It just starts tying together. They have the chemistry of knowing where they're going to be moving before they're moving. And it just, it all adds up to, to hopefully make them be solid, you know, scores throughout the rest of the year too.
1: So I, heard, I sure hope Charlie, I know he's a teacher, but I sure hope he wasn't a math teacher because the average goals per game is six and a half. I said five <laughs> or
0: six. Good grief. He's a
2: science teacher now. I'm Come a on. math
0: teacher. Too. I was five or six. How cl- Do that in five, just a few seconds?
2: Well, that's Without what, even
0: paper or anything? Just,
1: well, that's what a smartphone is for uh, with a calculator, Charlie. <laughs> a I like right. to be accurate on my statistics and reporting. So I'm going to turn his mic off. So defensively, Probably just as impressive. You guys have been giving up, on average, 0. 0.66 goals per game. Wow. So That's impressive. Less than a goal per game. Can you talk about the leadership, starting with Callie Cobager and that, and what makes your defense so elite?
2: <laughs> just kind of like the last answer. You know, all the girls in our back line, except for Haley Evans, who has stepped up tremendously the last two years, um, they're also – four-year starters you know callie's been in the box for three and a half years Uh, maggie slocum has started for four years angela faga has started for four years savannah um, garrett has started for three and a half years and our subs that are coming behind them they played all played last year it's just just a a whole group of student athletes who have played a lot of soccer
1: so you mentioned that you have a whole group of athletes that have played soccer so first of all how many seniors do you have on your roster
2: we have seven seniors on our roster and six of them have started for four years
1: just you have that number in terms of that many girls on your roster as seniors just talk about their importance to the overall success especially this season
2: well you know it really comes back to the first year they came in they They were groomed as youth soccer players through our AYSO program, through wonderful parents. Um, Derek Shreve, Mike Brinker, Brian Umstott, Mindy Umstott, Bob Hallward, Dennis Keckley, Andy Gray. They have groomed them from the time they were knee-high to grasshoppers. Um, And those seniors are Angela Faga, Savannah Garrett, Callie Cabezer, Nikki McManamay, Morgan Piles, Taylor Riley, Emma Shreve, and Maggie Slocum. They were brought up together in and tra- in traveling together, going to Hagerstown, playing tournaments. It started from that foundation. And they've always been together and they've stayed together. And this is where they are.
1: One of the things I like most about your team is that your team plays a physical brand of soccer, which I absolutely love to watch.
0: I think that's always been a Hampshire style. I know that when I had the team years ago, we were scary. <laughs> Absolutely. I had some girls that were big and muscular and, and wreaked fear in their hearts of the other
2: team. And they don't come off the ball. They they want to win. They want to be competitive.
1: So how did you install that physical, tough-minded aspect into this soccer team?
2: Well, I've been really blessed from the day I decided to take the job. I've reached out to people who really know the game, to Charlie, to Bob Harwood. You know, Bob spent the entire first year with this um getting teaching not only the girls but getting me primed and ready for it i went from being a football coach and a basketball coach and just jumping into soccer because really they needed somebody and my daughters played and i didn't i wanted to keep the program going and uh, bob really installed in me you know what next level soccer is all about and it is very physical and uh and that's the brand that we've had to play because we haven't always had those
3: full teams athletes.
2: yeah well. will yeah, that, that had the touch, that had the soccer skills, that had the foot skills. So we had to play a different brand of ball that would keep us competitive. And, uh, and I I've, have hope that we've kept that real physical play along with gaining that elite footwork and talent that you need to have with your feet.
1: Well, one of the things that you just brought up was the fact that you got involved in coaching girls soccer. I think that's an interesting story in itself. Can you just talk briefly about where you were and then how you saw an opportunity and how you became the Hampshire uh, girls head coach.
0: Well, you got to point out that Troy did uh, AYSO soccer for a long time. So he had had his feet wet for sure.
2: Yeah, I was was a board member for a few years along with Derek Shreve and Bob and the presidents and Andy, we were all together and Sean Healy. Um, We had all worked for years at, at that level. My daughters, my oldest daughter plays. Um, originally, I was a football coach here in the county for many, many years. Uh, and then I had daughters, and I knew my life wouldn't be with them if I you know, kept being a football coach. So I bought a gymnastics business, and and I taught gymnastics for about eight years or so. And uh, somewhere along the line, you know, the oldness of me was my back was starting to kind of fall apart, and I, it was time to get into something else, and my daughters were into soccer. So, you know, the position came open, and it was – no one had took, taken it for like four opportunities. They had it out to be hired, and no one took it. And they, they, they approached me, and I said, let's do it. Let's go for this. It was time in my life that I wanted a new challenge, and it was a challenge.
1: It has been a challenge, but it's also been pretty successful and rewarding, at least at this point of the season. Absolutely. So um, let's look ahead a little bit. First, this week you have a home game against Fort Hill and then you have a tough road game at Martinsburg. Let's focus a little bit more on Martinsburg because you might be seeing them sometime down the road. What do you expect to see from Martinsburg?
2: Well, Right now, you know, I think they're, along with us and uh, Jefferson, those are the three early in the season, you know, at the top kind of in a way. Martinsburg is going to be their attack and their speed and their overall talent from top to bottom is going to be very much like us, athletic, and and they played a lot of soccer. They have a lot of experience back, so we're gonna we're gonna be very challenged come Thursday night, and we're gonna be challenged tomorrow night versus Ford Hill.
1: So one of the uh, key positions that probably gets overlooked a little bit, I feel, but she does a great job out there. Is Angela Faga, who can just it, she it just seems like she understands. Um, where the openings are, and when to switch fields, and where to distribute the ball. Can you just talk about her importance to the team?
2: Oh, for the the last three years. First of all, her sister was a captain my first year there, so she has that pedigree of seeing it her whole life, being involved in it her whole life, and just knowing the game. Just you know, a lot of kids don't watch watch the sport they play now, but she does. She travels. She went and watched the USA team. She loves the game. So she she has those things you can't coach, you know, you can't that she just brings to the table just from the love of the game and and the love of her teammates. She does all the things behind the scenes that nobody knows about and she's always there for the team. But on the field, she is our defensive leader. She gets everybody in the right position. She calls the right plays that we need to be in, the right formations we need to be in. And There's not a player on the team that she doesn't care about and wish the best for, and you can tell the way she plays.
1: She's a good person on and off the field. Absolutely, and you can tell that she's just a high character, high class girl, which helps the chemistry of this team. Do you find chemistry to be the key component of this team, or what do you think is the key component specifically for the this
2: squad? Well, you know, the chemistry absolutely, just because all the years they've been together. Um, and, and the foundation that was set as they've been coming along with the parents and their, their coaches they they had before they even got to Hampshire High School, um, that's the foundation. But this team, you give them a challenge and and, and they're going to tackle it. You tell them you know this this particular game we want to have less than five shots on goal, and this particular game this is what we need to do. This is this is how we approach it, and they take that challenge and they take it to heart, and. And they're just competitors for some reason, some some way. They're gonna they're gonna do whatever it takes for them to get the job done.
1: I'm gonna put it to you real simply. The goal for the remainder of the season is to win blank sectionals. <laughs> yes. <laughs> is anything short of winning sectionals uh, a failure, or how do you kind of see that?
2: Well, my goal from this point on, after getting through that unbelievable win Saturday is now it's not us telling you that the, the, the your abilities and all the work you've done is good enough for us to take it to the next step now with that happening we should believe in ourselves more than we ever have not that we haven't before but we should go to a different level of focus and practice a different level of work ethic a different level of Together, we can do this together and, and and let it play out. I mean, put it all on the line. we got one more month to play. Put it all on the line and see where it takes us.
1: One of the things that we discussed earlier was the amount of games in such a short amount of time. Would, would you like to see uh, the season spread out over a longer course or just less games? What are your thoughts on the schedule?
2: Well, this is coming from... My perspective of one of the smaller AAA schools in the state and knowing our schedule and, and the mountain that we climb, and and seeing what the elite programs that have very high population, school population, you know, they're subbing eight girls a game. And it's, and then we've built our program finally where I can sub five to six and still keep it rolling, still keep it moving. But before this year, you know you're subbing two or three, and it's just I think it's too much on our girls. Um, at for the smaller schools, the bigger schools, it's no problem at all to play 20 games, but how many of them are there in West Virginia? Right. You know I think it's I think it's way too hard on their bodies, and we are traveling. We're getting home at midnight on most of our away games, except for Frankfurt and Kaiser, um, and then they're getting up the next day and doing it again. I mean,
0: let me comment on that, Troy. You know the thing that that I said about soccer when I coach. Is it's a lot like football. Absolutely, it's a physical game, contact. And I used to be upset that they would have us play sometimes back-to-back games, and I said, this is not good. We don't play back-to-back games, and I always used to argue with the people who scheduled, because it needs to be treated as if it is, and it is a contact sport, and people don't think of it that way. They oh, soccer, you know,
2: yeah, it's not well, contact. You know, I coached football for 15 years. And we had one game a week. That's right. And, and this is every bit as physical, but you don't have the pads to protect you. Let me just uh,
1: briefly go through and kind of highlight your points. So looking at the schedule in October, you have a game on the 1st. You have a game on the 3rd. You have a game on the 5th. You have a game on the 7th. Wow. You have a game on the ninth. I mean, that Jeez. is a gauntlet right there. Huh. Not to mention that some of the teams that you're playing – are elite squads like Washington, Muscleman. So, on top of you having a physical style of play, I just think that is very demanding upon the girls. Not to mention that you know they do have a school life and a social life as well. So,
0: and the most rigorous part of your schedule is at the end of the season. Is that what you're saying?
1: That
2: is what I'm saying, Charlie. We had three separate back-to-backs. Yes, <coughs> I do
1: see that as well on the schedule. What, it, do,
2: you, what do you mean back-to-backs? I mean next day games. Yeah, two back-to-back first one day, then the very next. Yes. Um, and it's just how it falls. I mean, another thing about the turf field, um, if you have that turf field, we don't have to do that in many situations because the field access and, and how many teams are using our field. Um, if you have that, you can have as many games at night as you could possibly. You could even mix it up. We've done that in the past just because there's so many teams using our field. So the schedule has to work out that, that way in many cases. But... You know, I think 20, 20 games a season is just – from what I understand, the other states that established soccer long before we did, West Virginia, they only played 16 games a year. I think it's 14 or 16 games a year. And they've they've had that for decades and decades and decades. You know, West Virginia should look at, you know, why are they playing that number? There's a reason why they play that number. Right. They've been doing it a lot longer than us. Absolutely. Um, you know, our kids' health has to be number one.
1: So – one final question for you, and it's just something that I want to know: What's your favorite part about coaching these group of girls?
2: Oh, there is, there's no question. There, we talk a lot about the big picture and where, <clears throat> where, where this is going to take them in their life. Yes. What is going to? What do they get from this other than playing soccer, which they love with all their heart? You know the being on time, never missing practice, being responsible for your teammates, and all those things that come along with coaching any type of sport. I don't care what it is. You have to be very dedicated, and you have to think about other people more than yourself. And and this is going to set them up for the rest of their life. And that's the most important thing about me coaching these girls and what I love about them.
1: Coach, I look forward to covering this team throughout the rest of the season. You have been an absolute pleasure to work with. I wanted to thank you. I want to thank Charlie for both of your guys' time this evening as we did a pop-up podcast pretty fast here. But I think it gives our audience a great opportunity to get a glimpse of the elite level that these girls are playing at and also give them some exposure to an elite program like yourself that you built. So thank you very much for your
2: time. Well, thank you, Nick, and thank you, Cosmic. I had one last question for uh, Troy. Are you guys ranked yet? To be honest, I haven't even looked at any rankings at all. They I'm just should going be game by Shouldn't game. They? We may be at this point, I don't know.
1: Charlie, you need to do a little bit more homework. Rankings haven't officially come out
2: yet. Okay, thank you, daddy. <laughs> all right.
1: This
0: is Cosmic Charlie signing off. Hope to talk to you again next week.